my own personal success and the success of the companies I've worked with that uh, if a client comes to you with a challenging ask or if they're not open to the, the changes and things that you're suggesting, that's your problem to solve, right? And same goes with, with all of our, our staff. Like you said, the people who only see themselves as that one piece of the machine, that, that one role, ultimately that's my problem. I have to get that person to see they're part of a much larger picture, that every little bit that they contribute, this is how it impacts everything along the way, right? How that ripple becomes a wave, you play a role in that. So it's understanding that as a business owner, everything to do with your business from top to bottom it is yours to, to manage and yours to, to direct. And the more that you can be thinking strategically and figuring out how to solve problems for people, that's, that's where your success comes from, right? If you can motivate that, that, that staff member to, to go that little extra mile, if you can knock on that extra door, if you can make that extra pitch, that's where you're going to get that extra little bit. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders, I've got a really, really neat gentleman. His name is Steve Woodall. Uh, Steve is the Director of Client Strategy for the Student Life Network. We are partners with the Student Life Network. And uh, funny enough, we got referred uh, to the Student Life Network by, by some great friends and uh, about an opportunity to work with them and partner with them. And in our first meeting, it was like, oh my gosh, there's Steve Woodall. Wow, it's been it's been 20 years. Isn't that isn't that great? And he felt the same way when he heard that we were we were partnering. And uh, Steve has a really really neat story to tell about relationships over time, about great habits, about working in small companies, working in huge hundred million dollar organizations, working in his own business, and now working in a, in a, in a really amazing uh, organization offering incredible value like the Student Life Network. So I know you're going to love this podcast, uh, a bunch of really great lessons and takeaways for you. And again, just you know what I'm up to. We are up to developing amazing young leaders. We're up to about attracting people who want to have an amazing future uh, and want to figure out and it's something that Steve mentioned in this podcast, there's this future out there and I don't know how to be successful. I don't know how I can get the experience that I want so that I can win. And how can I get that experience so that I can be successful? Well, the Student Works Management Program actually creates and provides an opportunity to get that experience so that you can go with hard work, commitment, you know, and uh, the willingness to be coachable, just an incredible, you know, savage career. So uh, um, if you know of any amazing young students, uh, please refer them to our podcast. Uh, you can write me uh, an email at chris at leaderspodcast.ca. You can have them apply at leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Thanks so much and have a super fantastic day. Hey, so Stephen, welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's really it's really great. And 
you know, I know it's been a while since back in the day, uh, you know, you, you made the decision to join the student works management program. But if you can think about back then, you know, tell me what you were like before our program. Um, sure. Um, in high school, I was definitely one of those keener students. Um, I was involved in as many clubs and teams and groups as I possibly could be. I held uh, multiple jobs at once. Um, I was one of these students that if I didn't have things going on at once, I felt I was failing myself. Uh, okay. So I was, uh, you know, prime minister of my, of my student council. I was okay. on the wrestling team and I was in the band. Um, you know, I was somebody who uh, I, I was like to say sort of all spectrums. Uh, I went from football practice or wrestling right to piano lessons. So Student Works to me, when I first saw it, was essentially an opportunity for me to flex my entrepreneurial muscles and, you know, sort of really test myself. But doing so with the support of a, of a you know, an established business, an established system, and a, and a group of coaches and, and, and mentors to sort of help me through. Right, right. So, you know, I know, I know you spent a year with us. And so... You moved on. If you, where did you, where did you go? What sort of things like post, post school, what sort of things did you get involved with, et cetera? So um, in my days in high school, I was uh, involved with some, uh, let's say extracurricular travel uh, mm -hmm. with a company called Breakaway Tours. So for any of your listeners who uh, were in school in the nineties, early two thousands, they might be familiar with uh, Breakaway. Um, most high schools in, in Ontario or, Maritimes or Quebec, I uh, used to run trips to places like uh, Montreal and Quebec City and Daytona Beach and um, all different places. So when I left uh, Student Works, I left because I was actually given an opportunity to move to Toronto. Um, so I was born and raised in Windsor, Ontario, and, and always loved the idea of big cities. Um, mm -hmm. I always myself as a big city kid. And so uh, when I told my parents that I was offered this job in Toronto and that I was going to move to Toronto and just for a year and try it out, you know, they were, they were supportive, but at the same time, we're basically saying, you know, let us know when it, you know, when, when it doesn't work, you know, <laughs> come on back, you know, your, 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 your room is You're here for home. you. Yeah. Um, I think really talking to my dad, you know, many years later, he truly believed that the city was just going to, you know, chew me up and spit me out and crawl back with my tail between my legs. But um, no, I went on to go work for uh, breakaway tours. I took over as their events and promotions manager I eventually became uh, in sales, uh, involved in sales, and then eventually went to be uh, director of operations. Um, when our company grew much bigger, we ended up being bought up by a larger travel conglomerate out of the UK. Right. And then I ended up taking on much larger roles in, in a much bigger corporate environment that owned dozens of travel companies all around the globe. Um, so it was definitely a, a springboard to go from, you know, my, my first year in university and, and, and running a small painting franchise, but it gave me the opportunity to understand how to manage a team. It gave me an understanding of, of all the various assets of business from the initial introduction in sales and marketing through to quoting and uh, production and accounting and everything through. So, you know, as much as the, the, the student leadership, the student council side of things in high school gave me a good understanding of group dynamics, um, Student Wars was definitely my first time I ever managed a team of people. Where I was actually responsible for everybody's day-to-day -day, uh, livelihood and, and well-being, 
Right. Um, and, and then to fast forward from there, when I went on to Breakaway, I was, I had a staff in the thousands. Wow. So, you know, our, our, our volunteer, um, trip leaders and all of our promoters, um, you know, were from coast to coast of, of all different backgrounds and ages. So having that understanding of, um, group dynamics of motivating people of, uh, being a good coach and mentor and, and a good, you know, you know, shoulder to cry on and, and, and a ear to listen when people needed it. Oh, that's, that's, that's awesome. And, and, and so definitely breakaway was a really, really big brand back in the day. So I know some of our young listeners, you know, won't get it, but basically they were in every high school, you know, and had, um, a bunch of, or, or a lot of times, you know, the, the most motivated, hardworking kids there selling trips to other people. And then they would find when they went to university or college, they would find other people. So there were a lot of similarities in the way they ran their business to the way we do, but it was kind of high school versus university. We're finding keen people, then we get referrals and they move on. And, and, uh, you know, I know, uh, it's, it was really, really an amazing model. And, and so the model was run by uh, TJ Donnelly, who's really a, a, an incredible incredible past track record of success as an entrepreneur really um Mm -hmm. uh and uh but so he sold the business and so why don't you describe and i I, one of the reasons i i asked this is is for our for our young leaders a lot of times it's like okay what's the difference between a business being run by you know hey that really amazing entrepreneur and i know he is and 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 and, Mm -hmm. but but also you know, what happens when it gets corporate and what were some of the advantages and what were some of the, maybe the disadvantages and how did that work as, as your, your career evolved? Excellent question. Um, yeah, it is a huge shift going from working for one, one person, a small close knit team to being a part of a much larger conglomerate. So, um, we went to go, we were on a brand of, uh, two student travel. We had all kinds of interesting companies that did all kinds of amazing experiences for students. Um, the advantages was we got to meet and learn from all kinds of amazing, uh, amazingly talented people from all over the globe. Right. Um, so our brands weren't just Canadian. We did have some amazing companies in, in, in Montreal uh, and um, in all throughout the States, but uh, we were learning from companies that were based in New Zealand. We had some amazing companies in South Africa. Wow. At, you know, opened up a, a world of opportunity to us to learn how other people did things. Um, and so that with the, the good comes, comes the bad is oftentimes when it comes to a corporate structure, they, they want consistency. They want everybody doing things the same way, especially when it comes to uh, reporting numbers and, and success and KPIs and things like that. Um, so the challenge is when everybody does things a different way, it's great. You can learn from them, but then it's also getting everybody to adhere to doing things the same way, right? Yes. So um, change management and, you know, that sort of uh, team buy-in across the board is much harder when you're dealing with thousands of people than when, when you're dealing with the dozens of people, right? So, yeah. and that's where leadership really plays a, a huge role. When everybody can understand from the, from the, every level of the business, why it's important, um, you know, they're much quicker to adapt to that change. They're much quicker to, you know, to really grasp the concept and, and run with it. Um, oftentimes in a corporate setting, a lot of people will look at either or changes or policies as, well, you know, this doesn't really impact me, so why should I care, right? Mm-hmm. Or 
sounds like more work for me, not really understanding what their cog in the machine is, is leading to. Right. So yeah, massive benefits of being a part of a much larger travel uh, or much larger company. Um, and I really, really appreciate the learning experience of, of going through that, that corporate experience and seeing all the various levels from the top to the bottom and how everyone impacts each other. It's, it's really, really um, an amazing learning opportunity. And now, fast forwarding to my job I'm in, I work with a lot of corporate clients. Right. And so even though we are a small, um, you know, I like to say we, we, we speak startup, but we work, or sorry, we speak corporate, but we work startup. Right. right? So um, even being able to, to understand their language and, and the challenges that they face, being able to navigate the, the boardrooms and the, and the red tape, um, that was a really valuable experience for me so that when I sit down now with clients and they explain, well, you see, we have all these levels of approval and, and compliance and legal and everybody else. I at least understand that their struggles. I've, I've been through it. Right. <laughs> um, and, and it helps me, you know, help them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, obviously my experience or my experience is very entrepreneurial. And so a lot of times entrepreneurs, oh, that's the way and that's the best way. And well, hold on, hold on. The reason these companies get to real scale and get to, they make way more money per employee than smaller companies is because they're way better. Like, like in some ways, right? Like, you, you know, if a company is able to drive the best practices and pick the best practices that are going to work in all the different ways and create structures to support that and then have a great legal team and compliance team to make it work. Like, wow, would that ever create really great value for your customers, create profit for the company, create, you know, great jobs for all the people in it. Right. So, so when it works, it really works well. Right. And, and sort of seeing that. A hundred percent. And you actually see, I mean, in my 20 plus years, uh, you know, out in the field, you can tell that the, the entrepreneurial people within the corporate environment, the ones who want to shake things up, the ones who want to make things better, the ones who want to drive new ideas. And yeah. are often the ones who you see climbing the ladder very quickly, or you, you see them sort of jumping from company to company. And that's, that's not a bad thing. It's because, you know, they're, they're, they're making a name for themselves and, and, right. and they're, they're standing up from the crowd. Um, so even in that corporate structure, it's, it's really interesting to see it, it really is, um, you know, oftentimes it's a, it's a personality type, but it's, it's being able to be a critical thinker and, you know, being able to think strategically, yes. uh, you know, that strategic problem solving makes you so invaluable to both yourself as an entrepreneur or to whatever company or organization you're working with. Because, um, there's a lot of people out there who can point out problems. Um, there's, there's not a lot of people who come with solutions. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And, and it's, it's, it's seeing like so many people in an organization, just, I do this and they see the world through, I do this marketing admin or, or whatever, instead of rising above and saying, how can all of us work better to drive better value again for the customer, for the company, for all, for, you know, the whole ecosystem. And that's one thing I really believe that the student works management program helps is because all of a sudden that's what you are when you're 18, 19, 20 is I'm actually running a business and I need to understand from the customer's point of view, from my staff's point of view, from my profit point of view, you know, from, you know, uh, uh, maybe a, a overall branding point of view. Sometimes there's a corporate, you know, Hey, we need to brand this way or not that way. Why do I? And again, if you, if you're actually 
in the space of trying to figure it out. Why do they think that way? Like, you know, rather than most people think, oh, they're just stupid or they, they're they just bean counters or they're, you know, myopic, you know, instead of, no, they're, they're, there's really a great frame that they have to try to deliver value. 100%. And ultimately, like when you become an entrepreneur and, and, and everything sort of falls, you know, the buck stops with you. Yes. Everybody's problem is your problem, right? And that that in itself was a really valuable learning experience that you know, I peg a lot of my own personal success and the success of the companies I've worked with that they, they uh, if a client comes to you with a, a challenging ask or if, if they, they are, they're not, you know, not open to the, the changes and things that you're, that you're suggesting, that's, that's, that's your problem to solve, right? Yes. Uh, and, and same goes with, with all of our, our staff. Um, you know, like you said, the people who only see themselves as that one piece of the machine, that, that one role um, ultimately that that's, that's my problem. I, I have to get that person to see right. that no, they're, they're part of a much larger picture that, that every little bit that they contribute, this is how it impacts everything along the way, right? right. That, you know, the, the, how, how that ripple becomes a wave, you know, you play a role in that. So a hundred percent, it's, it's understanding that, you know, everyone's problems are, are as a, as a business owner, everything to do with your business from top to bottom is is yours to to manage and yours to to direct, and the more that you can be thinking strategically and figuring out how to solve problems for people, that's that's where your success comes from. Right. right? Um, you know, if you can motivate that 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 staff member to to go that little extra mile, if you can knock on that extra door, if you can make that extra pitch, that's where you're going to get that extra little bit. That's where you're going to get. Awesome. Awesome. And so, so I know, you know, after your experience with this very large organization, TUI, which I'm sure TUI, I'm sure most people wouldn't have heard of it, but they're enormous. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's got a, yeah. the, the brands, but the brand behind the brands. Um, yes, exactly. But, but, um, but you went out and in, in 2010 were, went and ran your own, uh, called the, the tour guys for, for seven years. So, why don't you explain what that experience was like, the pros and cons, and 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 uh, and you know running running your own business and the travel experience. So I moved out to Vancouver from Toronto uh, in 2005. Plan was to move out there for a year. Um, went on for the better part of a decade. If any of you guys have ever been to Vancouver, you'll know it's why. awesome. Yeah. Um, and so I had initially moved out to Vancouver uh, just with the plan of, of taking a year and, and doing some different jobs. Um, I had decided to hang up my corporate hat for a little bit and try to get back into the boots on the ground game. Uh, I literally, I drove a bus through the Rocky mountains for a little while. Um, I worked as a, as a tour guide and ultimately, um, I ended up working a, a, a sales job, uh, for a travel company, which was, uh, it was great. It was, it, it gave me something to, you know, uh, sink my teeth into, but it wasn't um, wasn't challenging enough, it, and it wasn't something that um, I was I was working by myself from home, and I needed something that would get me more interacting with people. Right. At, at the same time, a good friend of mine from back in Toronto had, had lost his job um, and was looking for, you know, his next thing, and I had proposed to him um, this idea that I had come across uh, out of a tour company in Europe that was doing these walking tours for tips. Um, so tour guys was Canada's very first, uh, pay what you want or free walking tour. Wow. Essentially the concept, <clears throat> we would put on a tour of an area, um, much like a street performer or a busker at the end of the, the tour, we would pass our hat 
yeah. and you know whatever you chose to contribute to it. At the time, you know, when we started it, the thought was just something for me to 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 do to. Um, I guess as a creative outlet and a way for him to make a couple extra bucks. And, and my initial thought was if I could make some beer money, um, you know, that'd be great. Right. Um, the thing is, is it, it, it took off. Um, the people really got the concept of, and being that we were in the two largest tourism markets in Canada, uh, you know, the thousands of cruise ship passengers that would flood into uh, Vancouver or all the conference travelers and families going to Toronto um, very quickly, we saw ourselves, um, we were listed as the number one tour on TripAdvisor across Canada. Wow. We then expanded out to Ottawa. Um, we were moving tens of thousands of people every year in what was originally just something we were doing for fun and something that we, we would have done anyways. Um, right. To actually be paid to do it was a pretty uh, incredible thing. And again, some of the experiences from my previous roles helped bring success to life. Um, when we started working with the schools, so for example, the University of British Columbia, um, every year they have a new intake of thousands of new students that are now moving to Vancouver and, and experiencing Vancouver for the first time. So we used to run a program with them called Jumpstart, and we would give tours of the city to 1,800 students a day throughout wow. vacation week to get them oriented in, you know, here's the lay of the land, here's how to take transit, you know, here, here's all the various services that you're going to need to actually help um, orient them in the city and and um, give them a better understanding of, of their new home. Right. Just the sheer logistics between moving that many people and coordinating that, you know, had it not been from my time at, at Breakaway when I had thousands of travelers on the road, you know, it, it, all of the various skill sets that I learned, you know, to date from from running my, my student works franchise in, in university to my time, you know, uh, in, at Breakaway and to the larger travel companies, all those various little skill sets that I picked up over time, you know, could be put into this, this small little hobby tour business that, you know, was quickly growing. No kidding. And the, the fun thing there was, it was a, entirely a virtual business. We did not have a, a, a you know, a brick and mortar uh, facility. We, we ran it across country all entirely off of, you know, services and apps that were already out there. Fantastic. Uh, low cost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> low, low, low cost, high margin. Uh, and, and the only thing that, um, you know, if I could have solved for the seasonality of Canada, uh, the, the challenge with Canadian tourism is, you know, we've, we've got about a three or four month window that uh, everybody travels. Right. Um, you know, so for a seasonal business, it was, it was fantastic. It was great to keep myself and, and all my tour guiding friends busy uh, from, you know, May through September. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, luckily for a lot of us, there was other gigs in, you know, the ski and snowboard business and other things that were seasonal on the, on the off season. Right, right. So, so um, no, it's really, and it's really interesting as well for our leaders listening is, is seeing how our skills can really build on each other, right? Like they just, and they complement and, and then they start to come towards really a, you know, a a funnel, like that's what you look to is, okay, and then I'm going to build, I'm going to, I'm going to live in this base, you know, I've got, I've got, you know, I run this business, of course, I'm the head coach of this business, but if I didn't do this, I would still be doing something in the training, recruiting, and coaching space because that is where I live. That is what I do. And that's my skill set. That's how I, I deliver the most value to the world, right? And you can see how these things are all coming for you, Steve, right? As you built your career. Yeah, 100%. Um, give you a, a, an actual sort of concrete example. 
the one thing that the one skill set that lent itself so much to uh, my my tour guiding business in, in Vancouver that came from my days of student works was was selling. Yes. Uh, so as much as I had this great concept and we had these amazing tours and, and we, we were getting all these raving reviews, I had to actively sell every day. Right. So every, if I was just to sit back and say, well, I've got great tours. I'm, a, I'm an excellent human being. I'm a fantastic tour guide and yeah. somebody's going to come and give me money. Um, I, I wouldn't have gotten very far. Right. You know, and I, I learned that lesson through my days at the student works franchising. Yes. People need their houses painted. Yes. People need these services, but they're not going to come and knock on my door. I have to go yeah. and knock. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I was literally going and visiting every hotel, every tourism bureau, everything that I could every day. And I'm sure I got annoying to a lot of these people that would see me every week. And they're like, yes, yes, we know the tours. Right. Yeah. But that was definitely like one of those skill sets that, you know, all those, the, 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 the door knocking and the, and the cold calling and, and the, being able to strike up a conversation with a stranger and being able to give your elevator pitch, yep. you know, in a clear and concise manner that in, in a matter of seconds, I can convey to you what exactly, what my services are that I offer and what my value is to you. hundred percent of transferable skill that, that has, has served me so well over time. Absolutely. And, and again, just that whole, you're in action, you're in action, you're in action. And then clients are like, oh yeah, I should refer the tour guys. Oh yeah. I should refer them. Right. It just becomes, you know, it just builds and builds and builds. So, so it's these things that we, you know, that you learn make a difference. And, and it's, you know, if, if, you know, if there's a leader here thinking, I want to run, learn to run their own business down the road, one of the things they must learn is sales. Like it's not, it's not a, it's not a choice. You know, you, you know, I guess it's possible at a certain point you can delegate it for sure. doesn't have to be your core competency, but, but, you know, I, I don't know any, um, any successful entrepreneurs who, who, who at some point or aren't good salespeople, you know, that, you know, they may not do that as much anymore, but, but they can, they can sell. And I would counter to say, I know many failed entrepreneurs yeah. who, who, who had fantastic ideas and great business ideas, but just simply couldn't sell. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or, 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 or chose not to. Wouldn't. Yeah. Sell. Exactly. Or wouldn't would right. change right. themselves so that they can. Right. Because, right. again, it isn't necessarily for some people, it's a more natural space to live, being extroverted, being outgoing. But, but it's, it's, it's so critical. And just to change themselves and say, okay, for this period of time, I can do this. Hey leaders, I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Since we started this podcast, every person you've heard from has been one of the incredible alumni of the Student Works Management Program. In large part, that's how I got to meet these amazing people and participate in their development. Starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. Now back to the episode. So tell us, you, you, you ended up moving uh, to the Student Life Net- Network. Why don't you tell us about how that happened, how that trend, uh, w- w- happened? 
So you mentioned earlier TJ Donnelly, uh, who was the uh, president and CEO of Breakaway Tours. Um, a number of us who worked for TJ back uh, at the travel business uh, all went our different ways, uh, all started our own companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, TJ, uh, along with uh, another long-term uh, colleague of mine, uh, Michael Hills, and, and uh, another new partner, Stephen Sills, they started the Student Life Network about 10 years ago. And the, the concept was was fairly I'd say it was simple, but it was, um, I don't want to say it was groundbreaking at the time, but uh, at the time when Facebook was was really the real social platform, um, and you had all these student unions and clubs and groups across Canada that were struggling to get uh, the attention of students and get them involved in things. Oftentimes, back before, they used to run listservs, and it was literally just an, an email list that would go out. They had performed, they had uh built a platform to basically be an internal Facebook, um, to create a platform for students from a particular school to interact with each other and interact with the uh, student unions and the, and the um, faculty, but without all the outside noise of, of Facebook and, and social media. Right. So great concept, uh, well adapted at, at first. The challenge in that particular space was that student unions and student um, associations, they have uh, annual turnover. So every single year, it's different students running it. And they had very little corporate memory. So um, something that worked really well last year that really should just be redone again this year, you know, everybody sort of comes in and they want to do their own thing. Um, So that the platform itself, as well as it it worked, and and, and as a company, as well as worked, um, the challenge was having to resell it every single year and and retrain everybody every single year and and, uh, get that buy-in. And ultimately, what we decided to move to was basically taking that concept and creating it across the board, but for all students across campus. So not right. school by school, but just simply creating a network where students could interact with each other, that they could congregate, that we could create an online community that was, you know, self-containing in itself. And that's something that we could manage as a whole as a company. So when I moved back to Toronto in 2003, sorry, excuse me, in 2012, um, I was contacted by uh, TJ and uh, Michael and, and they reached out to me saying, Hey, it looks like you're back in town. Uh, we think you'd be really interested in what it is that we're doing. Right. Uh, and, and the second that I had a chance to take a look at it. Yeah. I, I was, I was sold. I was in. And a lot of the people that we work with, a lot of our internal team, we, we ourselves, um, some still actually do run their own side businesses and side gigs and side hustles. Um, because you know, that's, that's the type of people that we are. Uh, right. and TJ is TJ is supportive of that. Um, that he wants everybody to, you know, be able to utilize their, their creative outlets and, and be able to to work on uh, things that, that they're passionate about. But it's also awesome to see when we are working on a project, when we're working on a, a campaign together, just how much everybody is, is into it, how passionate they are about it. Um, that it's not, it's, it's not going about the motions and doing the job every day. It's everybody's in on this. Here's the problem we're, we're here to solve. What's everybody's two cents? Right, right. No, I love that. It's it, it's it, and it's a great lesson again for all our young leaders. This happens again and again and again. It's called get the band back together again. <laughs> yeah, hundred um, percent. I can tell you. And so I've been at Student Works or Student Life Network now for five years. Um, in my time, I've now gone and rehired people that used to work for me in previous businesses. Yeah, yeah. Um, and simply because you know, give an example. Last year, um, we. Uh, Signed on with a company you may have heard of them before. They're called Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Amazon was looking to launch a student, a student ambassador program across Canada. So they wanted sixty ambassadors on campuses across Canada, 
And I happen to have an old employee that used to run an ambassador program for me back in the travel days that I knew not only had the network of people, but also had literally the systems in place to, to manage and grow something at this scale. So 100% that getting the band back together. Yeah. Um, the 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 people the people that you meet um, you know throughout all the various jobs and, and events and things you take part in are so uh, of such value to you in the long term because even though it, it doesn't seem like it at the time yeah. uh, you know it's the kind of thing that you know you're a perfect example Chris twenty years uh, yes. since I saw you um, and and you know it's it's funny to see how you know things come full circle no no well it's it's funny well. Just because because we we got referred to come use uh, to come get introduced uh, to TJ and then then all of a sudden our f- first meeting I go what Steve Woodall holy like you know and 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 again like the the response remember is oh great right like that's and I'm sure the response was the same oh Stude works and Chris and and so so it's it's like we get from our experiences with working with people, those people are pluses, you know, again, not everything necessarily worked out fantastic in every part of the relationship, but they're winners, they're trying, they're good, they're, you know, good guys, they're trying hard, they're, you know, they're, so, so that's what people see. And then again, the opportunity to do business again with those people, it's like, oh, okay, cool. If there's an opportunity, well, that makes great sense. And, and, and so it's really, uh, you know, our, one of our core values, our most important value is relationships are everything. And so it's like, exactly. okay, we want to, you know, um, again, uh, provide referrals, uh, help people out or whatever. It's just a natural thing that happens, uh, in our, in our community. So, you know, one of the things that I thought would be helpful is just, is just describe a little bit more, like what, what is the student life net, network work, work, work with who, who are some of its customers? Obviously I mentioned RBC, I know they've got, they've got some big mm-hmm. banks, uh, student works, student works management program has <laughs> some of the yeah. customers, but who, who else do they have? And what do they so, do? Uh, so student life network, we are about 1.4 million Canadian students across Canada. Um, yeah. We're a two sided marketplace. So we, we have both students that we service and we have uh, uh, companies that we service. So our, our partners, our, our corporate partners, our brands like, um, CIBC and Aramiles, Spotify, Universal Music, Warner Brothers, uh, Amazon, um, Student Works. Mm-hmm. So we look for opportunities to connect our brand partners with our audience members with something of value to them. So um, really, any you know, any advertiser, any marketer out there can buy ads on whatever platform they want um, and try to convey their, their brand message, their you know their value prop. To the audience, right? Um, what we try to do is is more build that relationship, right? So, like you were saying about how valuable relationships are, we try to build a relationship with our student members to be a trusted source um, that that understands them, that that is is there to look out for their needs and is there to bring them opportunities. So, you know, for example, the way that we work with Student Works is, you know, we hear from students time and time again through the the surveys and the polls we run that their biggest concern graduating from university or college is that they're going to have no experience and then they're going to try to go to the, the job field without that experience. And so student works is, is an easy pitch to me because yeah. it's an experience factory, right? It's yeah. literally, you can learn end to end everything that goes into operating a business in a summer. Um, you know, and it's something that will definitely make your resume jump off the pile. Right. right. 
So it's conveying that value of, you know, what is the value of, uh, you know, an Air Miles or a Spotify student account? What is the value of that to, to a student? And how does that connect with their life? And I, I like to say, think that the way that we're able to be so successful is it's, it's not a single message for everybody, right? Um, yes. like, like we're saying about, about selling, you know, it's trying to, to solve, solve a problem for each person along the way. So a lot of brands that I talk to when I sit down in a boardroom and, and they say, yeah, well, we, you know, this is our student voice or this is our student message. And, and I asked them saying, well, do you have one? You have one, one student message? I said, yes. I said, okay, well, so you're hoping that the, the hopes and needs and wants of a 16-year-old high school girl are the same as a, as a 25-year-old, you know, post-grad male in, in university or, or, or post-grad uh, program. So if you don't understand the, the nuances along the way and, and the different um, things that are happening in their lives, you know, how are you ever going to speak to them in, in, at the right time, in the right tone, in the right voice? Right. So that's, that's the service we provide for our, our membership, uh, our students. It's giving them opportunities that they wouldn't otherwise have. So um, finding them opportunities for jobs, finding them opportunity for discounts, finding them opportunities for um, learning experiences and networking, um, ways to better themselves. For our, our brand partners, it's a way to authentically convey their, uh, their value to students uh, and look at them as a long-term client. Look at them as a long-term investment. Right. You know, a lot of businesses previously looked at students as a, as a, as a write-off. They don't spend any money. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get them eventually. You know, what mm-hmm. is it? And I think we've, we've managed to help a lot of brands see the long-term value of investing in a student early and supporting them because those brands that were there for you to support you through those, you know, formative days and those moments of change are ones that will likely stay with you later in life. For sure. And, and obviously, you know, for CIBC as an example, that first credit card that you get is really likely to be a credit card that you're going to hold on to maybe for your entire life, right? So, I, yeah. yeah. I, I still have my credit card I got uh, during yeah. frost week at the University of Windsor, so. Yeah, yeah. No, I well, I would have, but, but um, uh, uh, TD uh, fell behind uh, CIBC and RBC on, uh, on points <laughs> travel at one point. So I was like, oh, right. well, this, this, you know, we're, we'll, we'll be exiting. But, but, you know, they held on to my business for a long time. And, they, and as a result of that early relationship, they do all our personal banking and all our corporate banking. And, and mm-hmm. so, so again, like, like you said, and, and I know, um, you know, just to speak for our relationship, the Student Life Network has done a really great job of, of you know, one other way to reach people who don't know about the, our value proposition, who just, you know, haven't heard of it, don't, don't understand it. And, and we've really been able to reach uh, just a, you know, a really, really great new group of students that just wouldn't have been, we wouldn't have been able to find otherwise. So, so it's really, uh, really amazing. So, one one thing we always love to talk about, we talk about good things and things that worked out, but what about failures or mistakes and what did you learn from them, Steve? Failures and mistakes. So it took me a while to really wrap my head around that the sales piece that we, we talked about earlier. Um, okay. I think it, I think at first, um, put into business on, on my own, I sort of thought that, um, you know, just simply by spreading the word that the business would sort of come, come my way. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was something I sort of had to fail up uh, into. Okay. Uh, I had to learn the hard way, which was literally, if I don't go out and sell something, I've got nothing to work on tomorrow, right? I, okay. I've, got, I've got nothing to support my, my staff. I'd say 
the the other challenge for me was um, understanding that I couldn't do it all myself. Okay. So uh, there is a risk when you, as an entrepreneur and, and as somebody who is a, a, a you know self driven individual, um, oftentimes there, there's a want or a need to take everything on yourself. Right. I can do all of this. I am Superman or Superwoman. Right. I can handle all of these things. Um, and you do run the risk of, of burnout. Burnout is real. It does happen. I can tell you that 100%. 100%. And, and it, for me, the, the failures that, that I've had was, was missing those points, uh, was, was missing that opportunity to identify that I can't do all this myself. I need help. You know, or or I need to I need I need a break. I need to step back and look at this a different way. Um, sometimes you're so set on on a path, and you're so set on an idea, and you're so convinced that it's going to work that you can drive yourself crazy and drive yourself into the ground. Right. Trying to make a bad idea work without taking a giant step back and saying, you know what, maybe I was wrong. Maybe we should look at this a different way. Um, so that that self awareness thing, I think, and it's something that's it is a learned skill along the way. For me now, as a, as a as a husband and a father, I, I, I'm easy. I'm, I'm quick to spot it because it usually comes out in the way that I interact with other people. Right. Uh, but as a, as a you know as an individual, um, you know, it's not always that easy to look at yourself from the outside and, and see what, see what you're doing wrong or, or see um, you know that what you're doing could be harmful to yourself. So yeah, um, I think those those were you know at, at the times when I I, I was struggling or when I, I wasn't seeing the success that I wanted it was failing to see those, those, you know, those signs and uh, failure to sort of look uh, from the outside. In. Yeah. And, and I think that's why we do better in community, right? Like, and the strength of a community is people are looking out for each other and checking in with each other. And there's a coaching environment around it, you know, and, and I, I sense that's what happens in your organization now, right? Like, you know, just again, people are looking out for each other and, and Hey, how are you checking in? I could already tell before the podcast, you guys were doing a bunch of things together. And, and those are all ways that we check in just because we are, we just are not as good on our own. Like we're humans, 100%. you know? And, yeah. and so having, you know, and it's easy to say, oh, I need to develop a better sense of where I am or how I'm doing. Okay. And then how do I do that? You know, and then there's, there's got to be a methodology. And again, one of the best things is coaching or mentorship or, or again, developing, developing a peer network where, where you can actually tell, tell each other the truth to each other rather than lie to each other or accept each other's uh, uh, complaints and criticisms. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, hundred um, percent. No. And, and you're, you're absolutely right. The having partners or having a, a network or group of people that you're a part of, um, you know, it, it holds you accountable to them as well. Right. So it, yeah. it's, it's very easy to, to, to put things off or, or to, you know, back burner things, but when, when you have to be accountable to others and, and you know, it, it definitely um, brings a different, uh, energy to things. You bet. And, and you mentioned something there with, you know, the, having the people that you can be open and truthful with. The other thing is, especially in, in today's day and age with social media and, and a lot of people wanting to uh, tout their own successes, oftentimes, you know, a lot of people will look at something and, and say, wow, you know, I, I see that, you know, this person's really killing it. Yeah. It's like, what, why, why is that? How, how are they killing it? And they're like, well, I've, I've just seen all their posts. And you're like, okay, well, that doesn't mean that they're successful, that their business is successful, right? Um, it means, yeah. especially if they're spending a lot of time doing that, I, it could very well mean the opposite, right? So, 100%. 
it's 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 seeing through that and knowing the right things to measure against. What are what you know? How do you measure success? What does success mean to you? Sure. Um, and, and and if it's having a whole bunch of likes on social posts, great. Um, but you know, at least having a, a clear understanding of what it is you're striving towards and and, and what um, you know how you're measuring yourself. Um, that'll definitely sort of help keep you honest, uh, both to yourself and, and to your, your peers. Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, as you went from a university student to a full-time value creator in the real world, what did you need to change about yourself, Steve? I think for, for me, it was a matter of learning how to be flexible and adaptable. As you've heard, um, I've held a number of different sort of uh, roles, and a number of different sized organizations. And it was being able to take everything on as a learning experience and not something that was either outside of my purview or outside of my expertise. In my days in the travel business, I went from being a you know, sales and operations person to running a development team. So I ran an IT team uh, that had programmers in Bangalore, India, uh, an onshore programming team in, in Boston. I had a couple of contractors out of the UK. I have no background in computers. Right. Um, I, I, have, I, have zero, uh, you know, I have zero skill set to lend when it comes to programming. Was, was manage a team and manage projects. Right. Um, so what I had to adapt to was, was being able to say yes to things that I wasn't necessarily, you know, 100% comfortable or, or, or confident in um, and rolling with the punches, right? Uh, being willing to make mistakes and, and not do everything perfectly. Yeah. I, I've, I work with a lot of people. I've worked with a lot of... Um, staff uh, myself or a lot of students that I've worked on projects with that will not accept anything other than perfect. Right. And that will, will never put anything out in the world until it is absolutely pixel perfect. And they've, they've, they've bent over backwards. They've done their absolute, you know, um, they've, they've put a, a 120% to every single bit. The challenge becomes a lot of those projects go on to fail. Um, so you, you put all that time and effort and, and you, you've, you've put everything behind it, put it out into the world with the absolute best, you know, best intentions. intentions only to have it, you know, fall back on you. Whereas, you know, I have learned over time that, you know what, testing and iterating and, and, and going out with a particular message and then changing along the way, yeah. uh, you know, everything in the development world was the same. You know, I would love for this, this system that we're building to do all these things, but if I can just get to do the first two, then I can work on step three, right? Then yeah. once I get step three, then I can work on step four. So um, yeah, it was, I think going from student mindset to employer and employee, it was a matter of taking everything as a learning experience and being willing to to change everything on the fly. Awesome. Awesome. No, I think that's so, so important. So important. Um, and what about habits? Like I'm just a huge, huge believer in habits. What key habits would, would uh, you know, someone want to steal from you, Steve? So I, I say, if if I tell you I'm going to do something, you can be damn sure I'm going to do it. Awesome. So, and that's just something that I've, I've always believed in, and got behind um, that whether it's, you know, my wife asked me to pick up something on the way home yeah. or my boss asked me, Hey, can you just flip a quick note to this person? If you say you're going to do it, if I say yes, do it. And, and, and that goes with, with everything. I, I employ a lot of students throughout the year in different uh, and gigs that we do. So, right. um, and, and you know, I'll, I'll hire students for a particular role or position saying, 
you know, this position is, is 14 days is doing this particular role. Can you show up for all 14 days? Can you, are, is this something you want to do? Are you game? And like, hundred yeah. percent, I'm in. And then on day two, they're like, I, I can't make it. And, and, and the thing I always remind them is just, you know, if you say you're going to do it, then, then, then do it. Um, Cause I can't give you a referral. I can't give a recommendation to you. Yeah. I can't tell you what you're doing right or what you're doing wrong. If you don't, if you don't show up, if you didn't yeah. do that. Right. So yeah. oh, I can't, can't agree more. The, the four referability habits, you know, do what you say, do it on time. Uh, say please and thank you and finish what you start. And, 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 and again, that's part of the concept we talked about earlier, bring the band back together. The only reason you want to bring the band back together because they were good, um, right? Yeah. Like they're in tune. And that's one of the most important things that highly successful people do. Again, overwhelmingly is, is they do what they say. Right. And it's like, Oh, I can count on you. Like we had with this podcast set up today, Yes, Steve was on time. We're just, you know, boom. Okay, great. You know, did I have any doubt that Steve would be on time? No, because that's who Steve is, right? And and did Steve have a doubt of that I was going to be on time? Of course not, because that's who I am. There's a there's also a funny tour guiding trick to this. So, um, as somebody who owned a tour company for many years and, and guided thousands of people through the streets of, of cities, there's a bit of a funny trick to play where. Before we would go into anywhere, I'd be walking you into a historic building and I'd be explaining, you know, the, the story behind it. And then I would literally lay out for you saying, when you walk inside, you're going to see this, right? So as you walk inside, take a look up to your right hand side. And you're going to see these beautiful stained glass windows that came over by ship, right? If you look up at the ceiling, you're going to see this. And, you know, even though just seconds before, I literally just told them exactly what they were going to see. They would walk in, they would look at those things and they go, wow, he was right, right? And, and it, it was, so it was that trust. It was that, that, that understanding that what he told me happened. Right. Right. Um, and so same goes when it comes to my staff and same goes when it comes to my clients. When I say, yeah, don't worry, I'll, I'll make sure you get that for four o'clock or yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I you know, I'll make sure I make some time for you to, to, to talk about, you know, this issue that you're facing and, and they trust that I'm going to do it. Yeah. I, that, that I'm going to come through. So, um, that's such a valuable skill and valuable habit, um, yeah. that, builds trust and rapport with, with everybody you interact with. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it creates bonds, creates, you know, harmony, you know, things swim easily. You know, maybe there's a conversation, like you said, that you said you were going to have in two days, but you know, Steve said he was going to have it. So I don't, I don't have to worry about it. We're going to have that conversation, right? Like there's just a trust and it's like, Oh, that's all good. And we, and you know, like I, I remember some things, you know, every once in a while things will percolate and there'll be a concern. It's like, Hey, we just don't have time to deal with that right now. Are you good? You know, we'll deal with this. We've had a long history. We're going to deal with it and get it sorted out. Oh yeah, I do. Okay, good. Can we put it aside? Yeah. Okay, great. Let's get through this and then we'll talk about it here. You know, and, and you can do that when there's a high degree of trust and consistency and responsibility. So oh, that's, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. So final question, Steve, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, what comes to mind? To me, it's somebody who understands the, the value of everyone that they meet. Um, so oftentimes, you know, people will look at uh, CEOs or, or, or CFOs or these people who hold these high positions and think, wow, you know, this person is, is sort of on such a higher level. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, ones that I have, the ones that I have interacted with that have, have been successful, that have, you know, helped me, helped shape me as an individual, understood the value of, of everyone, not just Absolutely. their, their high level, um, uh, board of directors, but down to the, the very bottom person in the organization and then everybody else on the outside. Um, yeah. 
But working in the travel industries, I remember our CEO uh, of that ran this multi uh, hundreds of million dollar business of all these travel companies going out and shaking hands with bus drivers and talking to the bus drivers yeah. and, and, and seeing that and understanding that, yes, that the, 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 everybody who contributes to this is of value and, of and, and plays a role in this. So everybody that I interact with on a daily basis, it doesn't matter what their role is. It doesn't matter, you know, um, you know, how successful their business is. It really, because you never know who this person is going to be or who they know or how they connect yeah. with other people. Um, so to me, the, the, the leaders of tomorrow are people who understand the intrinsic value of every person um, and know how to treat people well and, and listen and share their own thoughts and, and be a, a good, nice human being. Human, yeah, yeah. That's Well, that's such a great lesson in you know, these crazy times that we live in. I know I saw a post on Facebook the other day. I can't remember what tremendously successful grocer chain, but one of the big ones and them sort of just having a, a candid, the head of the grocer chain was helping, uh, uh, pack the, the, the shelves. Okay. And, and it was just, it was just like, he was walking in the store, saw stuff needed to be done doing it. Right. Like, you know, and, and just, just, you know, Hey, I, you know, again, not, not that he's spending the day packing the shelves, you know, but it's just like, Hey, I respect everybody doing all their roles. You know, I care about you, you care about me. And, and, um, you know, it, it, it kind of reminds me about some of the people who we've got to come on our podcast and they're really quote unquote significant, you know, they're worth tens of millions of dollars or have really, really big roles. And it's, and it's letting them know, Hey, I, I you know, cause they're a lot of times they really don't think they're so significant. They go, Hey, I'm just, I'm just a normal guy. I worked hard. I'm, I've been successful. And it's like, but it would really make a big difference if you came on and talked to the, to our, to our young leaders on this podcast and they go, sure, I'll come do it. And, and it's, it's them getting, Hey, it's just a C roll. It's okay. You know, I'm just normal like you and me. Right. And those people sometimes can get themselves perverted where they actually, again, are reading the press clippings or thinking they're important because of it. And again, that gets them, you know, out of the way of being a really powerful leader, you know, and a really powerful, because, because then really as well for our leaders, then how can they stay where they are? Well, they can stay where they are based on the, the, the record and results that they had in the past. So if you are really, quote unquote, the CEO of a business and you own the business, well, you just are that. But if you've stopped, again, caring about everybody, you know, again, all your customers, all your staff, everybody, then, then that eventually starts to wither. Your business start, will, will start to wither, will start to show up, or maybe you've got great people around you who are preventing it. But, but, you know, you're not, you're no longer creating it, like you mentioned. Absolutely. Um, no, and I mean, that personal interaction that you have with people, that's where things like referrals come from. Like that's it, yeah. like literally every, every step of that interaction just leads to more business, leads to more opportunity and leads to more success. So everybody that you interact with on a day-to-day -day basis, I, I treat every single one of them like they're my most important client because um, the reality is one day they might be. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And also, you just want to be a decent human being, which you are, Steve, right? So, <laughs> you know, I like to think. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not just, it's, you know, again, it's just, hey, I want to be a decent human being, you know? So, so, you know, it just always seems crazy. Why wouldn't I be, you know? So, uh, but, 
But Steve, thank you for being a decent human being and making time in your busy week and coming on our podcast and, and contributing back to an organization you were part of 20 years ago. Um, and, 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 and again, I love, I love what you had to share. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks so much for all that you do to uh, prepare the, the workforce of tomorrow and to bring out that entrepreneurial spirit in, in, uh, in Canadians. And, um, you know, I can tell you that the lessons that I learned 20 years ago from the Student Works uh, Management Program are, are still put to good use every single day in my day-to-day life. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, I really appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks so much, Steve. And uh, you have a fantastic day. Thanks, you too. Okay. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye. Hey, leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply. And I can't wait to see you on the other side.